Looking to be back here, Dad? Yeah, you know, brings back memories. Mm -hmm. My goodness, this is kind of where it all started. Oh, yeah. I remember, yeah. you know, when we started growing as a church, my goodness, we, um, you know, the place would be packed and we would have chairs on both sides of the center aisle. You had enough room for yeah. one person, essentially, to walk uh, down the aisle. Probably broke every fire regulation <laughs> there is. Well, I just remember when we were younger, when we were little boys, I mean, piano was over here. We had the organ over there, and man, we would have some great naps underneath that piano and organ. Like, we would just lie there, and I mean, even on the front pew there, I mean, great naps. Like, I loved it. You guys used to fall asleep back there, and what I liked was the simplicity. Mm -hmm. I literally would walk in the back and flip a switch, and that was the sound. Sound was on. <laughs> yeah, so the sound booth was on, yeah, it was back there, back and then there. you used to preach up here, like the, yep. the pulpit was up here. And if people came late, you know where they ended up? The choir loft behind oh, yeah. me. That was, that yeah. was funny. That was awesome. Yeah. No, I used to preach right up in here. Right back here, eh? Yep. Oh, man. Right back <laughs> in this men's washroom. Yeah. yeah, so this was the stage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and over there uh, was where the choir pews were. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is where we would, you know, have all the baptisms. I mean, I was baptized here. I uh, really hope they didn't use the same water. <laughs> but uh, the pulpit was what, right about it's just, in it? You know, actually, it's right in that direction. Oh, okay, right there. Yeah, yeah, about yeah. two feet past the urinal. Yeah. 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 You know, I actually come to think about it. Um, you know, I think, you know, in all my time here, mm -hmm. I preached about 1,400 sermons. Wow. Did it on average about four times a weekend. So that's like 5,600 times that I preached a sermon. Wow. And you know, I was thinking about this the other day, your mother, mm -hmm. she would sit through all those sermons <laughs> and she would play at the end of almost every mm. one of them. <gasps> We've come a long way, haven't we? Pastor Henry, it's great to well, have you here. Oh, it's okay. Good, good, Come good. on in. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, okay. Man. You know, this is, I'm glad that this you're here. comfortable. To, glad. Tickle fight? Tickle fight. Tickle fight. Oh, no, 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 okay, no, no, no. Wait. Why, don't, why don't you sit over, let's spend He's some time yeah. with Pastor Henry and Josh, you hearing a little know. bit of the history. Uh, of Center Street Church and where, where it's come from. So we're glad that you're with us this morning. And as I was looking at that video, I'm thinking that is a video that a youth pastor yes. would have used and produced. Yep. And so actually when we look at the history of Center Street Church, that's where it all began for you as a youth pastor. Why don't you share with us what it was like of being a youth pastor? Yeah, I was, I was called to work with our youth and our young adults. And uh, remember when I showed up... Um, the uh, first meeting, we, we had uh, half a dozen young ladies and a couple of guys and, uh, you know, a little bit of a larger group in the young adults. But they were just quality people. Mm -hmm. and, um, and we just really, um, I just saw such great potential in them as individuals. And so, um, essentially what we would do on Wednesday nights, they would be in our home. The youth would be. Thursday nights would be our college group. Uh, our young adults. Um, Friday night, we'd have an outreach, a fun event, 
encourage them to invite their friends. And uh, we did the same thing on Saturday night with the young adults. And, uh, and so we ended up having, um, you know, just people, these, these um, young adults and youth were just reaching out to their friends. And pretty soon we couldn't hold them in, in our home. Uh, but they did for a number, uh, just for a number of years, they, they just practically lived at our place. You know, came in, walk in, help themselves to whatever was in the fridge, um, just, and hang out. Sometimes Gwen and I, two o'clock in the morning, we'd say, we're going to bed. Turn off the lights and lock the door on your way out, you know. But that just became a way of life. It was, it was awesome. Wow. So I got to ask you this then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're clapping for you. What was it like for you growing up in, in, in your home as a kid? Well, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, you know, we basically, you know, as when we were younger, yeah, we would basically go wherever mom and dad took us. So, I mean, we were at every single service on, at, at church, and I mean, hence why we always had to take naps. It would just get exhausting after a while. But, um, you know, it was just, it was a lot of fun. We really, I mean, we hung out with the youth. We, I mean, so many people at the church, you know, they just, they loved us and they cared for us. I mean, you guys, we get to church, you'd basically be like, here you go, you'd hand us off and we'd be like, see ya. And then, but, I mean, it was a lot of, I mean, Uncle George, I don't know if you're back there, George Van Dale, but I mean, he loved me so much, he carried me out of the church while I was puking my guts out when I was a little boy. So, I mean, wow. that's yeah, love. Every, it was love. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> it was love. Yeah. Wow. 1986. You're appointed as a senior pastor. The church at that time had grown to about 200, and research would, has shown us that churches that were hitting 200 at that time would not normally grow past that. The church was experiencing growth, but was going, on to, going through some struggles. What were some of the defining moments that led, that you believe, that led to the growth of Center Street Church? One of the um, privileges I had as a youth pastor was just to, to meet people and, and get to know them. And uh, the thing that I became aware of very early on was there were just so many godly, rooted people in our church that, that started this church and committed to prayer. Um, and, and so as I met these people, I, I, I would get the story that they were praying and they were believing God to, 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 to uh, just do a, a powerful work in our church. And some of them never saw what God did. They passed away before it happened, but we're very committed to prayer. So there's this foundation of prayer that it... Uh, the other thing is we went through a period of time of quite a lot of discouragement. And, um, um, and I remember our lay leaders, they, they, um, they just really humbled themselves and they said, we need to pray. And they committed every week to showing up before the service to pray. And then some even prayed during the service. The other thing that happened um, was um, I was diagnosed with cancer, and that was actually the second time that I was diagnosed. And, and that really hit our church hard because their first pastor had died of cancer. The second pastor that had been here for a lengthy time <clears throat> um, ended up having health problems and had to resign. And so they just get me, um, kind of, you know, appoint me to be senior pastor, and like within a year, I get cancer. And, and someone just basically uh, called a prayer meeting at the church, and most everyone showed up. And uh, something happened in the hearts of our people. Hmm. And, uh, you know, one of the, 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 one of the things that just became, uh, I, I just became so convinced of, that, uh, is that God works so much more um, through our brokenness than through our brilliance. Hmm. And... Um, 
It's God who changes lives. And uh, he's the one who builds the church. And uh, yeah. And, and we just began to see him move. We saw um, people come to faith in Christ. We saw uh, families restored and marriages healed. And, uh, and then we grew from one service to two and then to three on Sunday morning. And um, that actually, there was a side benefit to that, and that is we were able to actually have different styles or languages of worship. Um, you know, when we were in one service, uh, we just basically made no one happy, if you want to use that term, because the different generations just weren't able to express, you know, the way they worship, the way they wanted to. And so uh, it was just really tough. And so when we went to two services and then to three, well, we, we, we had one that was contemporary, one that was traditional, and, and that, really, uh, th that really allowed us to, to, to uh, worship freely. It, it stopped a lot of conflict, and it allowed us to impact uh, a lot more people for Christ. And then um, we started a Saturday night service, a little nervous about that because, to my knowledge, we were the only evangelical church in... Canada that was venturing out here and starting a Saturday night service and we did that and um, started out really slow it was a bit frightening when we first started but um, as time went on uh, God began to bless that service and we started a Koinonia Cafe um, about 50 people or so were involved in that my wife Gwen headed up about four uh, groups of cooks and they would cook up several um, menu items. They'd have a menu. Uh, we had waiters and waitresses that served the tables, mm -hmm. and uh, we had live music, and uh, in fact, Paul Brandt was uh, one of our initial guests. This is before he hit the big times, and uh, just, it was a wonderful time. You know, people had, you know, we don't know how blessed we are here at Central in the sense you can walk right out, and, and there are the tables and everything. The West Campus, you remember, it was a maze. It was like, you know, make three rights, a left, you know, and uh, just make another right by the bathrooms kind of stuff. And, you know, people would spend a half an hour trying to find the thing. And, uh, but nevertheless, what would happen is people would gather around these tables, you know, probably two, three hundred in there. They got to know each other. Groups were formed out of it. And we saw community happen, which was awesome. Wow. So we're up to five services. Right? So it's obviously standing room only. Things continue to grow. What did you do next? One of the things that, um, you know, we, we, started, like we were in four and we started another service, which was, uh, you know, I, I looked across uh, the services and I saw a bunch of young adults. And so we started a Sunday night service and young adults came to that and, we, and soon we were completely full there. And so after five services, we just kind of said, um, you know, we've got to do something. So we went through a process of discernment and prayer, uh, and ultimately just felt God leading us to, to build a, a larger worship center and also a, a complementary children's area um, attached to our, our Center Street campus. And uh, it was a real adventure of faith. I mean, uh, we were talking about raising $3 million. Remember, this goes back to about 1991, 1992. I mean, $3 million was 
uh, a lot of change back there. I mean, I think you could buy probably an NHL team with that now. Uh, you know, <laughs> Philadelphia Flyers for sure. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> really. You know, but uh, Wayne likes Philadelphia. I was thinking about a team up north from here, but that's okay. Yeah. I won't, I won't, there uh, you won't, go. won't talk about that. But it took a lot of faith. And, and I remember meeting with one of the founding members of our church every Tuesday morning at 6. We would pray because both of us, we'd look at each other and just, you know, just didn't think that this was going to happen. And I remember the day that um, um, we were ready to move into this place. And uh, I met with um, this gentleman, and both of us had tears in our eyes. We just couldn't believe that, that um, God had come through the way he had, and our faith had been strengthened. It's hard to believe, but buildings sometimes can actually be something God uses to grow your faith. And, and he sure did ours. And so... Uh, the day before our first service in uh, the West Campus, uh, the larger auditorium there, I, uh, I came and I just walked um, down the aisles and stuff and just prayed for, just for God's blessing on, on this. And, and I re distinctly remember, um, you know, thinking to myself, oh man, we've got all the room we need in the world and, and uh, I'm just so glad we'll never have to go through this again. In two years, we were back to five services. We had 1,500 young adults attending at 4.30 and at 6.30. And uh, I had to accept the fact that we might have to do it all again. Well, I remember, I, that's when I came on staff, and I remember just some of the tension we had as staff, and we're tripping over each other and booking rooms that were already booked. And, and Josh, I mean, what was, what was it like for you in those days? Were you one of the groups of kids that I actually had to put in the photocopier room? Yes, I was. Is there a small yeah. group? Yeah. Your head's up thank against you the photocopier, that, yeah. hoping somebody doesn't hit those the photocopier. Those are great quality moments. Yeah, oh, those good, are good. Great. Yeah, thank you for that. What are your other great memories mm. of, of the, during that time? Well, youth was, uh, at that time, yeah, it was... It was a lot of fun. I mean, we would pack the gym out. I mean, we'd set up all those black chairs, and I mean, we would have, yeah. we built that stage in there. And I mean, we really, we really looked forward to those, to those nights when we could come together, hang out. And I mean, we would get some great teaching from our, from our youth pastors. I mean, you were okay, but um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, um, but yeah, it was, I mean, when I was in my teens, I mean, those were pretty, critical years for me. I mean, those were, and it was, um, it was great that I could have just so many, there was young adults, you know, my life group leader, Dean, and even yourself, Wayne, I mean, you guys just, you invested in us, and it was so important in my life, and even Amanda's life, and um, that's my wife, sorry, <laughs> and, uh, but even all our friends, I mean, those were just amazing years, and even all the missions trips and stuff we went on as well, so, yeah. Great, great memories. And as we look back, I mean, the weekend attendance continues to jump. We're now, you know, up from 1,400 people to 3,000 people. Every piece of the church is being used. I remember we're turning away people on the ser Sunday services, but that wasn't the biggest challenge. What, what was the biggest challenge at that time, Pastor Henry? Well, the biggest challenge uh, was parking, and uh, some of you experienced that this morning. Um, I saw what was going on out there, and... and um, but we had a real problem. In, in the original worship center, it sat about 300 people. So 300 people showing up at one time. Uh, you know, our parking lot still wasn't adequate, but it wasn't that bad. Well, now suddenly, 
we had, uh, you know, a thousand plus people showing up. And um, we, uh, people were parking all over the community. Like some were walking four or five blocks to, to get um, to the, the church building. And neighbors uh, were getting upset. They were calling the office on a regular basis. Uh, but things really came to a head. Um, one particular uh, Sunday night, uh, five, ten minutes before the service to begin, the place was humming with young adults. All of a sudden, a couple of young guys came up and said, there's a guy at the door here, a front door that wants to talk to you. And so I, I, I just went over and uh, oh my goodness that this guy let me have it. Was just one of our neighbors and was just so upset. He was just vibrating. Um, used language that I will not repeat. And um, um, I went, you know, I went home that night and I was, I was really quite discouraged. And I said to the Lord, Lord, I don't know what we're going to do. Like, we had just built this building and uh, it took us six plus years to raise the funds for the building. And our plan was to build a parkade someday, um, you know, behind the building uh, to accommodate the extra vehicles and so forth. But we'd have to, that was going to cost as much as the building. And, and so what, that wasn't going to happen overnight. And so I just remember saying to the Lord, Lord, I have no, I have no answers. You, you know, you've got to help with this. And the, the, the following week, I was, um, I had, was scheduled to be in Europe and uh, got on a plane and flew into London and landed at Heathrow Airport. And um, uh, they, they left the, the plane out on the tarmac and uh, came along with a shuttle. And as I'm getting on the shuttle, um, I, I sense the Lord saying to me, here's your answer. And I, I kind of, what do you mean, here's the answer? And I kind of looked around and I just wasn't adding up. And all of a sudden I said, okay, what's going on here? I'm, I'm in a shuttle. 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 So all the t way back from this trip, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about plots of parking areas where people could park within a two-block radius of, well, our West Campus now, not this site. And of course, this was one of the sites. And so we ended up renting this site uh, to park a pile of cars here and had s nine, ten buses constantly rotating and pe picking people up here and taking them up to the other site. Wow. Now, that, that reminds me, because I was here. Why don't you tell us some of your memories of the shuttling d days, Josh? <laughs> Well, um, so it was me and my brothers. Matt kind of headed up the whole thing. He kind of figured out how we were going to do it all. And, and then we had a bunch of our friends join us as well. But yeah, we would basically wake up really early on uh, every Sunday morning. And we would uh, we'd come down to this site. And we would just, we would try to park as many cars in here as we could. I mean, it didn't matter how cold it was. I mean, we would, I mean, Matt would have to drag us out of bed most of the time. But I mean, we got here. And I mean, yeah, we had like this little trailer or something that we would kind of take shifts out of trying to just get, I mean, it wasn't warm or anything, but, um, but I mean, we would, when it would get super muddy or when it was raining, I mean, we would try to find pieces of wood around the property and try to, we would literally put it down as people were getting out of their cars and right up to the buses, just trying to, you know, so they wouldn't sink into the mud. But I mean, I mean, the other big challenge is when, you know, at the end of the nine, when, you know, you know, dad's going late again on the sermon. And, uh, 
They're like, oh, where are we going to put all these extra cars? And like, but then we'd see this bus come with all these people and be like, thank you, Lord. We, uh, we have more cars or spots. So, but I mean, we did it for seven years and we knew it was, it was important. I mean, we needed it and um, we knew that it freed uh, more space up here for, for other people, like maybe people that didn't come to church that often, you know, for them to have a space here. So it was, it was fun. It was a great time. Wow. Do you guys, um, I just want to mention, I mean, what was the thing you appreciated the most about the people that came there? Oh, when they would, uh, well, we loved when people felt sorry for us and brought us donuts and coffee. I mean, that was, <laughs> we thank you. You know who you are. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so the bottom line is we've got no room again. And we're maxed out. We got 3,500 people coming regularly on the weekend. It wasn't hard to make a case that we needed more room. So now we, we're making this next stage to build a 2,400-seat worship center that actually has the capacity to expand to over 3,000 people. Pastor Henry, did, did you feel like we wouldn't need to build again? Well, to be honest, my faith in what I'd seen God do now in the previous, you know, however many years it was now, uh, had grown tremendously. Even, you know, as I said, something like buildings, you, you, your faith grows. And um, through those building programs, through my health issues and other things in my life, you know, my faith had grown to the place where I believe that if we continue to pray, if we continue to stay true to God's word, if we continue to be generous with what he'd given to us, if we continue to um, care about others and reach out to others and so forth, that there was no limit to what God could do in and through our church. Mm -hmm. So within two years of moving into this particular place, we'd grown another 2,000 people. And, um, and at that point, it just became clear to me, as we began to talk about the future and really seeking the heart of God, it became clear to us that we needed to move out in a lot of different dimensions. We were inviting our friends to church, and we believe that's hugely important that we keep doing that. But we also now began to talk about taking Jesus in very practical ways to the people uh, out in the community. And part of that um, strategy was the development of campuses. We felt that if people were going to get to know people in their community and so forth, um, if they wanted to invite them to a weekend experience, uh, the, the, you know, inviting them to a place that's 45 minutes away is a bit of a challenge. Inviting them to a place that's, uh, you know, five minutes away or 10 minutes away um, was something that, that we felt uh, was, was part of the strategy and would, would, would help us with that. And so that really started our, our other campus development. The other thing that was happening is, like I said, within two years, we began to, the growth was such that we, our children's area, um, was in trouble, like we were running out of space. And so as we thought of our, our, our other campuses, um, that would be one way of, of, of moving some of those families to. What we felt was um, our campuses would be closer to where many young families would be because many of them, their homes are more on the outskirts of the city. And, and, and that's exactly what happened. It helped us for a number of years, but it hasn't resolved the problem totally here at Central. Um, we, as you know, um, even though we have four other campuses with growing children's ministries, um, we're, we're having to spill out now over into uh, the chapel and also uh, the Galleria for, to make room for the children that are here. And, and so the, the challenge continues. Mm -hmm. So 
five campuses. Josh, why are you part of Northwest Campus? Because my brother made me, Wayne. <laughs> that was a big part of it at the beginning. Like, my brother really needed our support, and so we went there, and I mean, we supported him, helped him with his ministry, but I mean, to be honest, it kind of kind of reminds me a bit of the old days. It kind of, when I, when we were at the old campus when we were younger, I mean, it just has that, that kind of that old feel of like, you know, where, you know, I, I, when we take Zayden, our little boy, to children's ministry, I mean, we go in there and there's youth helping out and helping out with the kids. And it kind of just reminds me of when I was a kid. And that's, you know, I had youth investing in me. And so that's what I want for my little boy, my kids. And that's what I love. And I mean, it doesn't, to be honest, it doesn't matter if it's at Northwest or even Central or whatever campus. I mean, it's all about just people. every generation, just as you say, Dad, you know, investing in each other. And I mean, we have, me and Amanda have great friendships there. It's a great community. And yeah, we love it. Wow. So Pastor Henry, God continues to move. Our church continues to grow. As you look to the future, what do you believe are some of the key things that we need to continue doing to be the church Christ has called us to be? I think we need to, first of all, keep pursuing um, a close relationship with God. I, 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 a dedication to prayer. Prayer is absolutely foundational for reasons that I've already talked to because it is, it is, it is God who changes hearts and we need to be focused on prayer. We need to be committed to the truth of his word and not compromise his word. We need to gather like this for worship on weekends, not only to celebrate what God's doing in our, our little small churches that are meeting all over the place, our little community groups and so forth, but also to hear consistent, systematic uh, communication of God's word. I, I see it as a baseline of discipleship, and it's, it's so important um, that, that we have that regular um, feeding from God's word and, and to be strengthened up because lives, people are so busy these days. Um, we don't often uh, spend the time in the word that, the way that we should. And when we come together, um, we, I just see that as absolutely critical. The second thing is we need to pursue authentic relationships with a few others where we do life together and we, we hold each other and challenge each other to pursue uh, what it is that God's calling us to do. Um, and I believe a very important aspect of this, uh, and Josh, you touched on it, something that you saw happen in your life, um, but something you want for your children going forward, and that is we need um, older, more mature adults investing in younger adults and younger married adults, and we need young adults investing in high school and junior high and, and children, and we need... Um, uh, high school kids investing in junior high kids and kids, and we need junior high kids investing in kids. In other words, we need um, uh, each generation investing in that generation which is coming in behind them. And, and I just want to challenge everyone in that regard. And then the last thing I would say is we need to pursue the mission God's called us to. And, and it's going to look different for all of us. Some of us are going to feel pulled to, to minister to the hurting downtown and the core um, in various ways. Uh, others um, are going to be pulled into our neighborhoods and, and to have an impact there. Uh, and some of us are going to uh, feel called to, to make a difference with uh, the students at the college we're attending or university or at high school or 
uh, or with those that we're working with, wherever it is that God's calling us to make a difference, that we would be faithful. And you know what? When we're doing this, folks, our Christian life will never be boring again. It's the most exciting life a person can possibly live. And I'm just excited to be part of it. Well, uh, thanks, Pastor Henry, for sharing a little of that history, and Josh, for the memories. We appreciate you both, and uh, we'll look forward to many more.